Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and praise you, praise you, and thank you for who you are. Father, Lord, we just praise you. Father, Lord, we thank you that you are the creator of heaven and earth, and yet you are our heavenly Father. You know each one of us so intimately, Lord. And Father, we thank you that you care for each one of us. You provide for each one of us. And Father, right now, Lord, we just pray, Father, that as we commit this time to you, Father, we pray that this time of ministry would be words that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to each one of us. And Father, we pray too, Lord, that the things that we hear, Father, that our ears will be open to receive, to hear and receive what you are speaking to each one of us in our time of need. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everyone. Okay, today we are starting a new theme power, as Pastor Tony said. So what I'm going to do, first of all, is I'm going to talk briefly about what is this fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm also going to talk about why do we make reference to it as fruit power and how we can develop this fruit in our lives and also about patience, which is one of the fruit. Now, if you look at Galatians 5, 22 to 23, this tells us what this fruit is. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is really nine aspects or nine aspects of the nature of God. And this is the nature of God that God wants to develop in each one of us to bear fruit. So if you, you, okay, let's see where exactly do we find this. So if we go to the nature of God, okay, first of all, we find that God is love. And we find that in 1 John, sorry, in 1 John 4 and 8. And love is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Secondly, we have The joy of the Lord is our strength. Again, joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And then we have the peace of God in Philippians 4.8, the patience of God. And we look at the kindness of God. We have the goodness of God. And we have the faithfulness of God. And lastly, we have the gentleness of God. So you can see that all these attributes are the qualities of God. And that is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to produce or develop in us. Now, why do we call it fruit power? Now, we know that God is all-powerful. But a lot of His power also comes from His nature, from who He is. So God wants us to develop this nature in us so that we will be powerful. We will be powerful enough to overcome the works of the flesh, actually, so that we will be powerful enough to overcome any situation in life. Now, how is this fruit developed? Now, we see that it is actually called the fruit of the Spirit. So that implies that it is a fruit 
that only the Holy Spirit can develop in us. But as in all things, there is a part for us to play. The Holy Spirit cannot develop it in us if we are resistant to that. So we will talk a little later about that part. <clears throat> and the next thing is that we will talk about patience. Now, sorry, if you go on to the next slide, the fruit of the Spirit is not nine different fruits, but it is actually one fruit. It's all the nine attributes in one fruit. Now, can you think of nine fruits that you really like? All right? And they all have different flavors that you like in each one of them. Now, if you want to have all those flavors, you've got to eat nine fruits, one after the other. But can you imagine if you had a fruit that had all the nine flavors that you really like so much, and yet these flavors are distinct? Say if you like an orange, you go and bite it, and you get the orange flavor. You know, you like an apple, you bite it, and you get the apple flavor. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful? Now, if you notice, the Apostle Paul didn't say that these are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say these are the qualities of the Holy Spirit. But he said this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because a fruit, as we see, is luscious, it's delicious. Once you eat a fruit, you want to keep going back to eating that fruit over and over again. And that is how it is with the fruit of the Spirit. Once we have that fruit and someone tastes, for example, <clears throat> someone tastes the love that we have, then they'll keep going back for more and more of it. But this fruit is so wonderful because with the love comes joy, you know, comes gentleness. So really you get the whole package by just eating this one fruit. Now, fruits, when you say fruits, now fruits can be the fruit of plants, they can be the fruit of trees, they can be the fruit of the body. Children and offsprings are all fruits. Now, the kind of fruit, the kind of seed that is sown determines the fruit that will be produced. For example, if you sow apple seeds, you get apples. Oranges, you get oranges. Dogs, you get dogs. Cats, you get cats. And humans, you get humans. So the character of the seed determines the fruit. Now, the moment each one of us received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God planted his seed in us through the Holy Spirit. So we have every right to expect to develop that seed and to help it grow. Now, for a seed to grow from a seed into a plant and to bear fruit, there, is a, there are certain processes that are involved. Let's look at three of them. One is oxygen and light, and the second one is water, and the third one is the right environment, conditions or climate, for example. In the same way, the seed that God has planted in each one of us in order for it to develop and grow and produce the fruit of the Spirit, we've got to have certain conditions. So let's look at the first one, oxygen and light. Now we know that if our body physically, we don't get oxygen, then we're, we're going to die eventually. Or maybe not that long after. <laughs> so 
In the same way, spiritually, if we don't have the word of God, we're going to get impoverished and we are likely to die spiritually. So you find that we need a daily intake of the word of God because the word of God is our spiritual sustenance. So you find that in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, God has already made available to us the food that we need to grow up spiritually. In 1 Peter 2 and 2, it says, as newborn babes, meaning as newborn spiritual babes, desire the pure milk of the word of God. And then we also find that other, other references in the Bible that talks about the word being the meat. In other words, the word really is good for you as an infant and is also good for you as meat. Because we know that the same word that we, that we read and we expose ourselves to becomes more and more important, becomes more meat to us as God gives us greater revelation of the word. Secondly, you also find that the word gives us light to guide us. And in Psalm 119-105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, the Word of God not only shows us how, what we should do to live our lives, but it also tells us how we should behave because we are ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ. So when people look at us, they should see the nature of God in us because that's who we represent. Now, James 1.22 also says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. You see, it is only when we do the word that we, that we will be transformed with the help of the Holy Spirit into his, image, into his image and have his likeness and have his nature and have his qualities. So the second element that's, that we're going to look at is water. Now the Holy Spirit is described as water. If you look at John 7, 37 to 39, it says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet, the Spirit has not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But now Jesus has been glorified and all of us can and do receive the Holy Spirit. And also in Isaiah 44, 3, it says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my Spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your children. You see, water represents the Holy Spirit's ability to refresh us, to quench our thirst, and also to lead us wherever he wants us to go. Now, if you notice water, it usually has a current, and it's like the Holy Spirit is the current in the water. And if we get caught in that current, then the Holy Spirit will take us with him to wherever he wants us, including developing the fruit of the Spirit, I'm sure you have heard of people saying, oh, I will f I'm flowing with the Spirit. Okay, that's because that's how the, the Holy Spirit leads you, like water. He just leads you there. 
the next thing, third thing we're going to look at is the environment, the right conditions to grow and produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, for the Christians, this is really the meeting together of Christians. Now, to neglect the meeting together of Christians, either in a church, in a connect group, or in any other kinds of fellowship, is really to miss out on the encouragement and the help that you can get from other Christians. Also, we gather together to share our faith and to strengthen one another in the Lord. Now, as I said earlier, in all things in the Christian walk, there is a part that God plays, but there's a part for each one of us to play as well. So let's look at God's part. Now, in this I said that God has done his part, but actually that's interesting because that has done is, is actually present and is past, present, and continuous. Because like he's given us his word in the past, we have the word now, and the word is with us forever. You see, God's spirit was there in the past. He led us by the spirit coming upon us. And then he led us by being in us. And the Holy Spirit will always be with us. Okay, so the three things that he has done is he has given us the oxygen and light, which is his word. He has given us the water, which is his Holy Spirit. And he has given us the right environment, which is the church. Now let's look at our part. Now, this is what we have to do. But actually... It's more than just have to do now. It's, this is what we have to keep on doing forever as long as we are here on earth. Okay, it doesn't mean you did it yesterday and that's good enough. No, it's not. Something that you've got to keep on doing forever and ever. Okay, and what is that? That's to daily feed on his word and walk in the light that his word shows. To cooperate with the Holy Spirit in producing the fruit of the Spirit and to get into the right environment, meet with other Christians, don't forsake the, the fellowship of the saints as often as we can. Okay, having done that, we're going to now look at the fruit of patience. Okay, we're going to start off by, first of all, looking at what patience is not, or perhaps, to put it in another way, looking at the opposite of patience. Now, the opposite of impatience is the feed feeling of being annoyed by someone's mistakes or having to accept delays. Now, you find that invariably, if you're impatient, you also tend to be impulsive. Because impulsive is doing things suddenly without planning or without considering the consequences. It's interesting to note that impatience actually relates to your relationship with others, but your impulsiveness usually relates to how you behave. You know, it's for yourself. I mean, it can have consequences for others, but it also believe, uh, relates to, what, to how you behave. So in contrast to that, let's look briefly at what patience is. Patience is the ability to tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Now, patience or long-suffering is so different from what the flesh wants. The flesh wants to be easily angered. It wants to blow up, it wants to be hot-tempered, um, it wants to probably say things and then regret, regret it much later, and it does not want to give the same mercy that it demands from others. <laughs> so ha having looked at that, I want to look at five reasons why patience is such an important fruit power. 
So if you look at the first one, it is one of the characteristics of God, and we saw that, okay? And as God's children, we need to develop that characteristic and reflect that characteristic. Secondly, it helps us in our relationship with others, because if others enjoy the fruit that we have, then they'll come back for more, isn't it? If they're like, a, you know, if someone is patient, you know, and someone will say, well, I think I'll go to him who's patient, you know, because he'll take the time to explain to me, and if I don't get it, he'll explain it to me another way. So people will come back more and more for that fruit. Thirdly, it helps us to overcome the works of the flesh. In Galatians 5, 16, it says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I think, and Pastor Tony has already covered that. It's, it, it also, you know, um, helps us from not yielding to the flesh, because yielding to the flesh sabotages the gifts, the callings, and anointings that God bestows on us. You know, and that, that, that's important. We want to guard that. We don't want anything, you know to come against it. And then also God gave us the fruit of the Spirit so that because all nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit combine, you know, empower us to overcome every work of the flesh. So that's so powerful. So fourth thing is that it helps us to mature. Now in James 1, 2 to 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, we cannot really know the depth of our character until we see how we react under pressure. Now, God wants us to, wants to mature us and make us complete, and He does that through patience. Because what is patience? Patience is the staying in power. It is a power to hang on there. It's an attitude that never gives up. It holds on, it holds out, it outlasts, and it perseveres. In fact, it is interesting that patience it can be developed in two ways. The first way is the, as part of the fruit of the Spirit. But the second way is just as we saw, it is through the testing of our faith. So the testing of our faith also develops patience in us. And the fifth one is that together with faith, patience will help us to inherit the promises of God. How many of us here want to inherit the promises of God? So if you look at Hebrews 6 and 12, it says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Now, faith without patience produces people who start out well, but after a while, they may become disillusioned because they probably have to wait too long for the timing of God. You know, and unfortunately, either they run ahead of God or some of them may even fall away. So, that's why, with faith, it's so important to have patience. So the fruit power of patience combined with faith will help us to inherit the promises of God. In concluding my section of this, I'd like to tell you a story about a, ch I'm not sure I pronounce this right, about a 
Cherokee, which is a Native American Indian? Cherokee. Okay, Cherokee, stand corrected. <laughs> okay, so a Cherokee was teaching his grandson, and he said, there are two wolves inside of me. And he said, it's a terrible fight. One is ferocious with fear, and the other one is firm in faith. So the grandson naturally turned around and asked, which one wins? And the grandfather's response is, the one that I feed. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 5.17 said this, the flesh wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the spirit wants to do. And he said, and the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the flesh desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Now, as long as we are here on earth, we're going to have to contend with these two forces. All right? We have the forces of the flesh and the works of the flesh. We have the forces of the spirit that's in each one of us, which gives us the desires to do what the spirit wants us to do. And the one that we feed will come out on top. Thank you. Hello, everyone. He's a hard act to follow, isn't he? We are so glad to be back home with the family of God. We have missed you greatly. So please come and give us all a hug afterwards. Right, so I'm doing the next part on the question of the fruit of the Spirit, patience. And I just want to say that I believe that it was God's original intention in the book of Genesis that we would, when, that when he created us, that we would reflect and resemble him. Because that was God's intention. He was creating man in his image to reflect and resemble him. But of course, Adam and Eve fell. So what exactly was this image that God had? It was his character. God, God's image reflects his personhood, his attributes, and his character. And Paul has touched on God's character. It's a character that is full of the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have all the fruits of the Spirit. So when we are born again and come into the kingdom of God, God's renewed intention is for us to reflect Him again, to show forth the fruits of the Spirit. But this time, there's one big difference. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. And that makes a tremendous difference because with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can indeed pursue walking and developing the fruit of the Spirit. The word fruit is the Greek word kapos. It is a singular word. It, it's not, as Paul pointed out, nine fruits, but one fruit with nine aspects or qualities. It is produced by the Holy Spirit when he comes to dwell in us. 
the image of God is, is placed in us as a seed, and we grow it and we develop it. See, the key is to grow it. The key is to put it on. In fact, the word says in Colossians 3 and 12 that we have to clothe ourselves or put on the fruit. I remember a time when I was studying and I um, didn't have the time to fertilize my plants. I'm a bit of a gardener. I love gardening. But I was too busy to fertilize my plants. So Paul came to me and he said, there are no chilies in the garden. How am I going to cook without chilies? So I said, okay, this is going to take a little bit of time. But I dashed out, got my fertilizer, fertilized my chilies, of which I have many. And in a month's time, they were dripping with fruit. See, the key um, to developing healthy, fruitful plants is fertilizer. There's no shortcut. It has to be fertilized. So what is the fertilizer for the fruit of the Spirit? The fertilizer of the fruit of the Spirit is what Paul has talked about, which is time spent in the Word, obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit, prayer, emulating Jesus, walking with the Spirit. See, walking with the Spirit is, um, is mentioned in Galatians 5 and 24. In Galatians 5, 24, it says, we live in the Spirit and we walk in the Spirit. And this is actually uh, described in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Greek as keeping in step with the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit. So you don't go too fast or you don't lag behind. You need to keep in step with the Spirit. Hear the voice of the Spirit. Obey the voice of the Spirit. Um, I have, over a period of 55 years as a Christian, had to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's been, um, it's been a journey, the Holy Spirit and I. It's been a journey listening to his voice. His voice is so soft, so gentle, so non-aggressive that you have, to, you have to be listening all the time to hear it. And that is such an important thing because the Holy Spirit is there to lead you, to guide you, to grow you, to mature you in your faith. I always say that I have inside me a pair of elephant's ears that is tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit because you need elephant's ears to hear that gentle voice. And if you are too busy and you are too uh, consumed with the affairs of this world, you will not hear that beautiful, gentle voice um, of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to think about measuring your growth in the Spirit, measuring how you have are developed in hearing the Holy Spirit. Think about 10 years ago. What were you like as a Christian 10 years ago? How mature were you 10 years ago? Were you um, um, 
have you in the 10 years um, that have come uh, that have that have uh, have come to pass have you grown have you do you hear the voice of the holy spirit more do you um, are you more obedient when the voice speaks do you obey immediately or do you argue with the voice of the holy spirit I want you to think and measure your growth in the Holy Spirit. Because as you grow, you develop the fruit of patience. See, patience is really waiting on God and waiting on the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Waiting is part of the process of being patient. And we wait patiently because we know we have hope and we also know that we, um, that the Holy Spirit will never lead us in the wrong way. Christ was patient. God is patient. God waits patiently for us. Let's look at the patience of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 5. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 5. The patience of Christ. I'll read it from the Bible. So 2 Thessalonians 3 and 5 says, May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. God is patient. Let's look at 2 Peter 3 and 15. 2 Peter 3 and 15 says, Remember our Lord's patience, which gives time for people to be saved. So God is patient. If you look in the Bible, you will see the patience of Job. That's a saying, isn't it? The patience of Job. Job told his wife, even though he slay me, I will still hope in him. And Job was patient. Job endured incredible suffering. He lost his family. He lost his property. He lost his flocks. He lost his health. And through it all, he endured and was patience, uh, patient. And here's an element of the word patience. The element in the word patience is, uh, um, is a Greek word, makrotumio. Makrotumio. The word makrotumio is made up of two words. Makros, which means long, and tumos, which means passion or temper. So makrotumio means long-suffering, endurance, even self-control and tolerance is one um, element of this of being patient. Tolerance is required when we are in relationship with people. We all need to be tolerant with people. Self-control is when you control yourself so you don't run ahead of the spirit or lag behind the spirit. It is closely associated also with suffering. The Hebrew word sevlanut, which is the word patience, 
has an element of suffering. There is suffering. Suffering involved in being patient. There is self-restraint, self-control, long-suffering, and forbearance. So being patient is a supernatural um, act that comes from the fruit of the Spirit. It is not something you can achieve on your own. It is not something that you can um, do by an act of will. And you have to contend with the, um, with the uh, works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 says, We have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And when we crucify the flesh, we then live in the spirit and walk in the spirit. So your part is to crucify the flesh. Put it down. The flesh has a very loud voice. My flesh says to me all the time, I want to eat now. <laughs> I need to go now. I need to do this now. I, 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 I. That is the voice of my flesh. The voice of the Holy Spirit is the opposite. The voice of the Holy Spirit says, wait, listen. Listen, follow, read, think. So the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of wisdom. The voice of your flesh is a loud, demanding voice. So we need to put the voice of the flesh down and live and walk with the Holy Spirit. You know that the, um, the flesh can choke the fruit of patience in your life. As in Matthew chapter 13 with the parable of the sower, where the weeds choked the seed that was planted, the voice of your flesh can choke the voice of the spirit and can choke the fruit of patience in your life. That's why it's so important that you not give in to the flesh. Crucify the flesh. Put it on the cross with Jesus and crucify it. This is a walk that we all have to endure. We all have to walk. It is a walk that comes with years of walking with the Lord. But it is, we will not grow and we will not develop the fruit of the Spirit until we crucify our passions and, and desires of the flesh. Um, I'd like to talk to you about um, grace. The reason we ha that um, we have the power to develop fruit in our lives is through the power of grace. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And Jesus said... My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, 
persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's not my strength that I lean on. It is the strength of the Holy Spirit. It is not my will that will cause me to grow in the things of God. It's in listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So it is very important to, um, to walk with the Spirit. Most of us, before we were born again, we walked in instant gratification. I call it the theology of McDonald's, where you drive up to a window and you buy things instantly. But things of the spirit are not instant gratification. They are things that are developed through time and through patience, through sacrifice and to, um, and to listening. It is so important to listen because the Holy Spirit is speaking all the time. But his voice is soft. And if you are in a, a place of um, chaos or tumult uh, or loud noise, you may fail to hear the voice of the Spirit. That's why it's important to take time every day and get away with the Holy Spirit to a quiet place. I always say the same chair in the same corner is where I have my date with the Holy Spirit. Patience comes with power, or power develops power in you. Patience develops power. Waiting is part of the process of developing patience. We hope and therefore we believe that God will come through for us. The last two months have been very interesting in my life because a series of things happened that really called on my patience. First, the iron failed. Then the vacuum cleaner failed. Then the blind failed. And then my sister died and we had to go instantly to Malaysia and we had to pay um, um, we already had a ticket and we were planning to go, but we had to bring forward our flight and the airline charged us um, an uh, you know, uh, arm and a leg. And then we went there and everything was in chaos because my sister had um, no family, um, no husband, no children. So it fell on Paul and I to do everything, to get the house ready that she lived in, to look after my mother, to uh, get the estate done, to see the lawyers. It was one thing after another. It was exhausting. It was exhausting. And then we came back last Wednesday, and when we tried to start the car, the battery had failed. So RACQ had to come and give us a new battery. So I was thinking about these things, and I, told, and I asked myself, what, how would I have reacted 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, when all these things happened to me. And I think I would not have reacted well. But now, I think I've grown a little bit. <laughs> I have grown in patience. I have grown to trust God. I have grown to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And through these trying times, <laughs> I have been at peace 
and I have been calm, which is not my nature. I am not a calm person, okay? But I have been, I have been calm and I have been patient, which is amazing to me. And I give all the glory to the Holy Spirit who is in me helping me. So Job was patient, and he was exonerated in the end, and God restored everything he had lost. Abraham showed patience and was accounted righteous before God. Jeremiah was patient in the Bible. Jeremiah in the Old Testament, even though he was thrown into a cistern, he was patient. A cistern, a water, a deep water um, container. Uh, they, they wouldn't listen to him, so they shoved him into a cistern and put the lid on to keep him quiet. Moses was patient. Can you imagine leading two million rascals into the desert? And they are crying, no water, no food. We want to go back to Egypt. And Moses had to deal with them. And Moses showed patience, incredible patience. Couple of times he lost it. <laughs> Couple of times, but he's human, right? He's human. God told him, speak to the rock, and he hit it. Again, it shows he was human. But by and large, he was a, he did he showed incredible patience and he got this bunch of renegades into the promised land. That was amazing. Okay? So these people tell us that it's possible to be patient. And, and Moses and Jeremiah did not have the Holy Spirit living within them. So we have an easier job. Job did not have the Holy Spirit living within him. So we have an easier job if we would only depend on the Holy Spirit. Okay, so as we wait on God, as we develop the fruit of patience, I want to end by reading to you um, something that Oswald Chambers wrote. Oswald Chambers wrote, God gives us a vision, and then he takes us down to the valley to batter us into the shape of that vision. It is in the valley that so many of us give up and faint. Every God-given vision will only become real if we will only have patience. Patience is a virtue. Patience is God-given. And patience must be developed and grown in your life. Start today, okay? Pray and say, don't, don't pray this useless prayer. Lord, make me patient and make me patient today. <laughs> because the prayer will not work. Patience is developed over time. It is grown like a fruit. Fertilize it. Fertilize it. Like my chilies, I just, I just harvested my chilies, about 500 fruit. I just harvested it because I fertilized it. And as you fertilize your faith and you fertilize the fruit, you will grow the fruit of patience. Thank you. best thing that ever happened to me in my life was the day I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It has been 55 years since I did that. 
and I have never regretted that decision. Today, I would like to give those of you who have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I would like to give you the opportunity to receive him into your heart. If you have not received Jesus, pray this prayer with me as, as we bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we just come to you to, um, to express our need for you. We cannot develop patience and the fruit of the Spirit unless you are in our lives. So, Lord Jesus, we ask right now that you come into our hearts. Become our Lord. Become my Savior. Let the Holy Spirit come and dwell in my heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you hear my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at random.org.au.